This is an ASCII Live media production for the Manly Warringah Sea Eagles official podcast channel. G'day, Steve Menzies here, and this is the Seagulls Business Podcast, hosted by Seagulls Commercial Manager, Ben Brody, and Chief Commercial Officer, Luke Tucker. Each week, Ben and Luke will be joined by Seagulls Corporate Partners and other special guests to chat about all things business. And of course, a bit of footy. The Seagulls Business Podcast is proudly presented by Manly Media Partner, ASCII Live Media. Now... Let's get down to business. Thank you, Beaver, and hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Sea Eagles Business Podcast, proudly presented by our media partner, ASCII Live Media. I'm Ben Brody, Commercial Manager at the Manly Seagulls, and I'm joined by my co-host and Chief Commercial Officer of the Seagulls, Luke Tucker. Welcome, Luke. Thanks for having me again. Pleasure as always. A fun one for us today and an exciting one. We're joined today uh, with Nathan Picklam, CEO of Body Science, the official supplement and compression partner of the Manly Sea Eagles. Welcome, Nathan. Thank you very much, Ben. Thank you, Luke. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to have you along. You've been a wonderful supporter of the club for a long time, and we will go into your involvement with the club. What we do like doing in this podcast is finding out a little bit more about the person in the initial stages. I've done a little bit of research on you, Nathan, and it's it's a great story. So I'd love to go back to your high school years. We don't need to delve too deeply into the dark and torrid details, but what I'm interested to know is you were at school, you left in year 10, school wasn't the right thing for you, and your journey from then on. Yeah, I did. I, I was pretty good at school in the early years, probably up until about year nine. Sort of lost my way year nine, year 10. Really wasn't a fit for me. I didn't really get on with the school curriculum. I, I, I didn't understand what relevance it was for me when I left school. Still hold that belief today in many ways about what kids get taught at school. Mm. Again, since, since I've left school, obviously I deal in numbers every day and spreadsheets and still don't use calculators and anything like that. So I did terribly at school, terrible at English, even worse at maths. I'm not ashamed to say it. I, I got in the worst 20% in the state for maths when I left school that year. Back then you did your school certificate and yeah, I was terrible. As I said, I was okay at school, but didn't really get on with the school curriculum as such. I didn't see what relevance it held for me outside of school. And so I left in year 10, not knowing what to do. Now at school, you were working on the weekends and of an evening at a hardware store, knocking Kirby. But after you left school, you found yourself in the warehouse at an international eyewear company. Yeah, that's correct. So I worked at knocking Kirby's on and off when even when I was at school. So I worked there on a Thursday night and a Saturday morning. And so that sort of taught me a little bit about interaction with customers and so on. But yeah, I ended up falling into a job at an eyewear company. My mum used to work in the eyewear industry for a brand called Sunaroy again many years ago. And I was actually on the way to the races one Wednesday and she said, oh, Trish, who worked in the uh, eyewear company then, oh, you should call in and say hello, which I did on the way to Canterbury races. As luck would have it, there was a job going in the warehouse at the time because I was unemployed. I uh, left school, had no idea what I was going to do. Had an interview then with the, the managing director of the company, which was pretty daunting for a kid that was 16, nearly 17. Yeah, did that and started a couple of weeks later and, and that was it. I worked in the warehouse for a couple of years, got a little bit of experience there. Then I uh, started up the customer service part of, of that business. They didn't have a customer service part of the business then and 
yeah, that, the rest is history. I sort of worked my way up the ladder there to be a sales rep, then worked for, as a sales rep in Perth for them, started a branch in Perth, uh, then moved to Adelaide, started their, their branch in Adelaide, so I got a bit more experience there, and then ended up coming back you know, a couple of years later. Um, and then what actually there wasn't any reps jobs going at the time. So I actually went back and worked in the warehouse for 12 months before the next reps job came up. And then it started to get a bit serious. Uh, I was doing well and put my hand up for the state manager's role and then ended up becoming the national sales manager and actually then went back and sort of wondered where I could go to from there because I started working my way up fairly quickly on the ladder. And I think by the time I was 28 or so, I was the, the national sales manager. And the boss said, well, to be any anything else, you'd have to go back and study marketing, which I did. Uh, so studied marketing for a few years and then become the sales and marketing manager. Yeah, right. So mm. a guy who dropped out of school in year 10 was working in the warehouse and imagine doing some pretty basic menial jobs, yep. but it was no doubt hard work and, and due diligence and passion for what you were doing yep. as, as, as much as you could that yeah. got you where uh, you were. Look, I love working in the warehouse. Yeah. Um, what did you do? It was well, good fun. Uh, at the time uh, that I started, it was pretty much just getting the orders that the the reps would send in mm -hmm. uh, and going, picking sunglasses and optical frames out, putting them in a box, sending the invoices upstairs for the ladies to, to invoice and waiting for them to come back down and pack them up and send them off to the couriers that came in the afternoon. I was also the post boy, so I'd take the post down every afternoon about three o'clock did all that sort of stuff and yeah. It, it seems to be a common theme with a lot of the people we've interviewed in this uh, podcast series is that they start at humble beginnings and learn, you know, as being the, the everyman, taking up any job that they can uh, and learning that hard work is the way you get forward. Yeah. Uh, it was, it, look, it was a good company to work for in that respect in that the guy that owned the company came from sim similar beginnings. So his worth ethic, I, I learned a lot from. So it was nothing for me then to go in there on a seven o'clock every Saturday morning and not get paid for it just to get the jobs done. Um, that's just what we did. So to make budget, you know, if, if we were short of budget, you know, come two or three days short, it was all hands on deck. Everyone used to just work, 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 work just to make sure they got budget. So Ben talks about that. It's been a bit of a common theme throughout our other guests that it seems like people that are successful in business have come from that kind of just get in and get your hands dirty type attitude. But what we've also found, and I'm sure it's the same in your business, is that now you look back at those days and simple things that you were doing on the warehouse floor probably still relate to your business these days when you're looking at how you can streamline things or yeah. go oh, back big to time. basics. I think that was the advantage because I'd done so many different roles within that company and everyone said, geez, you've been there for a long time, but it never got boring because every couple of years I did something different. Mm. As I said, you know, I was a rep for a couple of years, Perth for a couple of years, Adelaide for a couple of years. Then it got to a, an international role. We do trade fair. So we launched a sunglass brand in California. So I'd be over there sort of six times a year, sort of doing stuff with that, uh, trade shows in Vegas and that sort of thing, which is a bit fun amazing yep uh and then also traveling to trade fairs in milan and paris and all sorts of places so wow. it was a lot of fun but as i said it was it was a different role every couple of years so it never got boring yeah and, and learning a lot along the way yeah absolutely how how was the transition from warehouse worker to, to sales like being hands-on within the literally hands-on with the product and knowing the yep. product back to front did that help oh i think so i think because you sort of learned everything from the ground up so you knew every model number every lens type we used to manufacture on site as well in, back in those days the guy in there would literally cut the lenses put them in the, the frames so you knew how that all worked uh you knew all the customers backwards obviously because you're sending stuff out to them every day 
then coming into the customer service role, you're speaking to the customers every day. So the customers that I end up dealing with were, were customers that I dealt with every day. So it wasn't if I had any hands-on training into a sales job either. In the end, I pushed so hard for it. They just said, right here, here's your sample bag, here's your order pad, go out and do your best. So I didn't have any training. It was literally, there's your client list, there's your samples, see you later. You learn on so, your feet. Am I right in saying that you went into sports management following the yeah, iWay business? Correct. So I did a bit of that towards the end at a part-time level with the Titan Management Group. It yes. was Dave Riolo. Um, Isaac Moses was starting at the same time just uh, as I did. Uh, so I did a little bit about that. It was hard work because the guys that have been there and the owners had all the big the names. Of the crop. Ben McGrath, yeah. those sort of guys who Warren Craig had at the time. So I was, I was more, I think I was doing uh, some surfing clients. Uh, some triathlon clients and just the lower grade footy players. Did that is that something that you you went and seeked out through a love of sport or it was something that happened naturally? Yeah, well, because again we sponsored a lot of the the footy players back then. We started to get into sport. So um, one of the brands we had, Make Oi, where we had people like. Um, Plugger, Tony Lockett, uh, Glenn McGrath, Mark War, Matty Hayden, all those sort of people. So I, I had interest dealing with their managers and so on, uh, and that's how it came up. And you so, were a passionate sports fan. Oh, yeah, big time. Since, so, since you were a young boy. Started playing footy for, at school when I was about five years old. Played cricket, tennis, okay. you name it. What, so. what position did you play? Uh, I played front row, believe it or not, because I was big for my age when I was a kid, but ended up playing lock yeah. towards the end, yeah. Yeah, okay. And we won't hold it against you. We know you are a, a Bunnies supporter. Yep. Uh, what are your fond memories of, of the Bunnies growing up? Uh, or rugby league in general. Yeah, well, I grew up, uh, I was born actually in Lenten Parade in Waterloo. So about, it's only about 100 metres from Redford Oval. So it was just a part of life, really. So I remember going with my dad to Redford Oval every week, standing up on the hill, uh, running down, you know, running onto the field, grabbing the corner post as soon as the hooter went. <laughs> Back in those days, you know, Frank Hyde was calling the game on the side and, you know, we'd all swamp the field as soon as the hooter went. So, yeah, some fond memories growing up. Uh, obviously, a lot of lean years, you know, following the bunnies because they were down the bottom of the ladder more times or at the top. There were some fond memories in 1989. But as luck would have it, that was the year when I was living in Perth. So I hardly got to a game. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was just watching them on TV or at the pub in Perth when they were having that good year in 89. But then, you know, there was a lot of lean years between then and when they made the semis again. And from memory, I don't know what year it was, but I know they played Manly, uh, Manly ended up winning that game about 30 to 8 or something that was South's first uh, foray into the semi-finals yeah, in a long time 2007 I think yeah, that was I think yeah Manny ran away with it in the end yeah, yeah. Yep. okay now you met Body Science founder Greg Young on a booze cruise when you were still working with the Titan management. Yeah, yeah and correct. It, it, there was a bit of crossover there. Yeah, so Body Science at the time were sponsoring a few of the athletes that with Titan management. Body Science started with the Roosters in 2002. So we had a cruise once or twice a year with Titan management and have a lot of the sponsors, a lot of the footy players and everything on board. And I don't even know how I got to talking to the guys. Um, but yeah, got to talking to Greg and you know he talked about what he did. I was talking about what we did and if there was some way that we could do stuff together and we did in the early days like body science was based on the gold coast so they were sponsoring a lot of local clubs and that type of thing and anything where they had opportunities to do something with footy teams asked did you know make a eyewear was our sports range back then uh, in the eyewear industry and we did some co-branding and co-marketing that sort of stuff and just stayed in touch and would maybe speak once a week once every couple of weeks and just talk about each other's business. Um, by that time, I'd been in the eyewear industry forever. I think it was about 21 years. Getting a little bit stale, Luxottica, who was the major player in the marketplace back then, sort of took over the world. They bought your OPSMs, Budget Eyewear, Sunglass Hut worldwide. They were buying out retail. 
um, which pretty much meant that they would sell their own frames in there. So business was drying up. I could see the writing on the wall. Greg just said, if you're ever interested in coming on board or jumping in, let me know. And we sort of negotiated for a little while. And yeah, I come in as a partner to the business. And so, so what was your role coming in? Because you CEO now, were you partner? Or yep. Yeah, partner. Yeah, yeah. Title? So when, when I first joined up with Body Science and when Body Science started, uh, it was pretty much they trialed the products on a lot of athletes and um, elite sportsmen. Mm. Uh, and was this both um, compression and no, um, back nutrition? In, no, at, at the stage, beginning, or? it was only nutrition. And they had about five or six really strong clients uh, back in those days. It was Mr. Vitamins down here at, at Chatswood, Vitamin King, and a few of those sort of companies. They had some some big supporters, but they didn't really have a, a big base nationally. So Greg wanted me to come on board in that sales and marketing area. Uh, and we started opening up some accounts and looked at opportunities and got more and more into sport because that first year when they sponsored the Roosters, they went on to win the comp. So a lot of people then interested from then on. Yeah, and, yep. and you, you touch on that. So they came on board with the Roosters in yep. 02. Yep. And then I believe Penrith went and sought out body science. They correct. won in 03. 03, correct. Bulldogs did the same. 04. 04. Yep. Won the comp. Yep. What was the magic? What were you doing that was providing such significant impact that could help and a professional a rugby league team win? The go-to back then was footy was still a, as having a, a sort of meat pie and a beer after the game. So as it progressed into a lot more professional and uh, the strength and conditioning guys really switched on to recovery. Uh, because I, I remember speaking to a few of the players earlier on and they were like, you know, we get smashed in the game on, say, a Sunday afternoon. They didn't really do much for recovery back then. They they pretty much said they were sore and tender till about Wednesday. Mm. So, you know, their first real hard hit out might have been the Thursday. And if they were playing again on a Friday or a Saturday, they were really only getting one decent training session in. So we started looking at how they could recover better, pretty much just looking at all their diets because a lot of them back then didn't even know what protein was, you know, is an egg of protein, is potato protein type of thing. So just educating them on, on diet and the supplements more than anything and making sure that they were having their protein fixed when they needed it you know straight after games really important and so on so as you see with the rtds here like manly you know straight after the game mm. now that's their protocol they have to have their protein shake straight after a game and did it take coaches to buy into that to be able to or did you uh, have to kind of get the players that were well, well back then we, we got the strength and conditioning guys first up like the roosters approached body science back then because i think they were floundering down in about 10th spot they said we're really struggling and whether it was um us or somebody else like we came in and i think they won about 13 games on the trot to, to win the comp that year. They've um, been winning ever since. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But then, um, no, I, I, the strength and conditioning, um, back in the Bulldogs time, it was Dr. Huey Hazard uh, who had yeah. to buy into it. We had to get his buy-in because they didn't believe in supplements either. So Was he the Australian doctor? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, for many years and origin. And so he did all his due diligence on, on our brand and everything else to make sure that we're all above board. And that was a big tick for us to get him to buy into that. I think you're, you're really well connected in rugby league. And I think that's probably... A lot of the guys from the early days are probably still involved now and there's a lot of changing around in clubs. So yeah. you've essentially built up ambassadors of your brand yeah, pretty through much. providing quality product. Yeah, pretty much. And all of those teams, and, and like with Manly, we've been with them for a really long time. And with the exception of maybe one or two, everybody that we had back then, we've still got them now. Yeah, and so. I'd imagine. And as you hear in the background, that is the halftime siren. We're very interested to know about your involvement with Manly and obviously other teams and sporting codes within Australia here and how the 
technology has progressed and the thinking and, and also something that's pretty prevalent at the moment is drug testing and, and all the rest as far as enhancements are concerned. So we're keen to talk about that in the second half. In the meantime, we'll hear from our sponsors and we'll be back for the second half chat with Nathan Picklam, CEO of Body Science. Body Science is Australia's number one trusted brand when it comes to nutrition and compression products. Fueling professional athletes and everyday Australians to look and feel their best, Body Science is proud to continue a long association as a partner and official supplier to the Manly Warringah Seagulls. Visit bodyscience.com.au for the full range of supplements, nutrition and compression products. And we are back for the second half of our chat today with Nathan Picklam, CEO of Body Science. Nathan, just before the halftime hooter, we were going to delve into your partnership, well, the Body Science partnership with the Manly Seagulls. Can you remember that point? I mean, it's obviously special for us, but how did it all start? Can you remember who you spoke to? I know you've got a, a pretty special relationship with our uh, head of strength and conditioning, uh, Donnie Singe. Yep, correct. Yeah, so back in the days, because we had the success with the Roosters, had the success with uh, Penrith, like you said, the Bulldogs, then we started with Geelong uh, mm -hmm. in AFL. They were the first AFL team to approach us, and I think they won three out of the next five competitions. Uh, of course, yeah. yeah. It was huge. I mean, they were near unbeatable back then, uh, and it was a great, great um, period for us. Manly approaches, I can't remember who. I think maybe even Hayden Masters might have been around back then. You guys might not remember him. Before we're going time. back over a decade. Going, now, going back a long yeah. time. I'm talking maybe 2006, perhaps. God, the right. timelines are unbelievable though, Nathan. Yep. You're talking about teams coming on board and yep. instant success. Correct. Yeah. So it was a great time again, leading into manly success over the next few years. But I think Hayden Masters back then, he Hayden might've ended up with the Waratahs and, and the Wallabies for a period, but he was the one that brought in the, the protocol for the players. So it was then compulsory. It wasn't like, oh, here's a bucket of protein, go and do your best. Hayden set up where you had like guys that were overweight, guys that were underweight, guys that just needed to recover and we would segment their product. So as soon as you finish training, uh, and he was one of the first trainers to do it, to be honest. A lot of them followed what he did and probably still to this day. Before training, you'd have to take these supplements. After training, you'd have to take these those supplements. Uh, yeah, and then Donnie came on board and we had a lot of success with Manly in the early years. And uh, it was a lot of fun at the beginning of each year. We used to have the training facilities uh, with Narrabeen. The, uh, Narrabeen. We used to do these um, challenges with the, the local police force and fireys used to um, go up against the players and it was called the Body Science Strongman Challenge. Mm. Um, back Make in the a note days. of that. We need to bring that back, I reckon. It was great. It was really good. It was in the middle of summer. It was pre-season. So the, uh, it was up against the, the local police force and fireys. And yeah, it was a lot of fun. I think yeah. we've got a few of our other corporate partners listening. Yep. That's what they could yep. be in for, I reckon. Yeah, the Body Science Corporate yep. Cup, I reckon. Yep. That was the start of the year. For sure. Yeah, so we, we had a lot of success there in the early days of Manly, which was great. So what was your involvement outside, obviously, you know, the partnership and providing the, the supplements, whatnot? Did you get to go to the grand finals? Were you a yeah, part of the celebrations? Because yeah, yeah. I can imagine yep. uh, as someone who loved their sport yep. and loved um, loved to play, that to be a part of that would have been oh, incredible. It, it was phenomenal. I, well, I remember even the 2002 grand final because we had some involvement with, with the Roosters, uh, obviously going to the game, which was great. And back then, I think it was a five o'clock game back then yes. from memory. Uh, and yeah, we would get to the game maybe at two o'clock in the afternoon. But I remember, yeah, celebrating back at the club and then on Mad Monday with the players. So it was a, a long couple of days. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So recovery was probably out the window yeah, at that stage. Very much so. 
Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, nice. But, but yeah, uh, yeah, it was great to be involved. Like a lot of sponsors might, you know, sign a check or, or give product or do whatever with the club. But we have a lot more involvement in, you know, the education process of what the products are about or um, dealing with different players. So we've been approached by all different teams and coaches to to look at even players that. Uh, or clubs that we didn't sponsor, we've been approached by to help them out with certain players who went on to be, you know, international players, which is a really good feeling for us. Oh, it must be so satisfying, mm-hmm. you know, to see the results there and, yep. and what you're doing for not only players, but for the teams, the yep. fans. Yep. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, it's great. We had a lot of success with Olympic sports as well. So back in the day, we were looking after Steph Rice when she went, right, won all the gold medals and broke world records, that type of thing. So a lot of international swimmers and uh, hockey teams and all sorts of things, which is yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun more than anything. So let's talk about the products. And let's say when you first started, 2004, yep. what were the products that you were um, providing? Back then, so you had a few different types of protein. So protein generally is a, a whey protein isolate, which is known as WPI. Then you had a whey protein concentrate. You might have had some uh, recovery type drinks, that type of thing. It was fairly basic back then. And yeah, it was fairly straightforward to where it's progressed through the years to where now it's a lot more high tech. There's a lot more ingredients, something new sort of tends to come up every year. But to be honest with you, it does really go back to the basics as long as the, the players are getting their basics in it's the main thing like we've come up with different products now like pre-workouts and shred products that have got nootropics in them that's really big at the moment which is good for brain function so you know if players are dehydrated then one of the first things goes when the players are dehydrated you know the mental function goes so to have nootropics in the products is a, a really good plus for them as well so that's something that's really on trend at the moment when did compression come into the mix? Was that built off the, the existing relationships and the trust in the brand? Yeah, so how that came about, uh, we used to do a little bit of work with the Queensland Institute of Sport and we went there one day and saw these players running around with tights on and we asked about what they're all about and they said, oh, it was for recovery, it was for this and that. And we said, well, if we were to do them, what could you, you suggest that we do? They said, well, the, some of the biggest problems uh, with players uh, when they're training, if they're running one way, sidestep quickly, go back the other way and it's a strain on ligaments and tendons and so on. So we literally got a white pair of tights and got a red texter and drew around each muscle in the leg at that time. So, you know, drew around the quad, drew around the hamstring, the calf and so on, and came up with a thing called targeted muscle compression. So every panel around the muscle was stitched around the muscle and held into place. So it was all called muscle oscillation. Uh, and yeah, we did that and put a worldwide patent on that. And that's where we began. And that what probably would have been about 2007, 2008. Yeah. And it was probably a natural progression, was it? Because you'd already built that trust yep. with the, with the key that. people in each club. They, yeah. they knew that, uh, I guess, you were now looking after athletes inside and outside. Yeah, big time. And it was good because obviously we had our logo on it. So it was good uh, branding at training and so on. So it was a, a good function for us. But even even now, like compression is still a big part of the business. And uh, we're the only brand that's still made in Australia. So all of ours are hand-stitched on the Gold Coast. When Pacific Brands got taken off, when Bonds, they took it overseas, we bought a lot of their machines and we got some of their staff in as well. So yeah, we still do hand-stitched garments from the Gold Coast. Yeah, it's a pretty big thing. There might be a bit more of that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think so. You mm. might be you might be producing it for some yeah. other brands. Yeah, so. exactly. Um, but I know that that our guys, it's very much like you've you've built some great relationships. Not only our coaching staff and our performance staff, but some of our players as well. I know guys like Marty Tapao and the Trevojevic boys. They they swear by the product, and yeah. it's pretty unique that you've got two products that are totally different. So yeah. one 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 in the I guess in the apparel category. Yeah. 
and the other one in the in the nutrition category. Yeah. Um, well, we discovered with that compression as well, it was also a, a necessity. The recovery aspect from the compression garments point of view is really important. Uh, so the players obviously wear them um, straight after training. A lot of players wear them during training. It's really important when they travel. And we've got the compression garments where they're as tight at the bottom towards the ankle because it's the furthest part away from the body back to the heart. So they're tighter at the bottom and the compression uh, actually generates the blood flow back through the heart. So um, we've got that in our garments. So it's a really important part of uh, training and even playing these days. So we did the core shorts, which has got a built-in neoprene strap around the groin. So a lot of players use that on game day as well. So it's part of the game day process and the recovery process. And you've even gone in, I guess, with that, that loyalty and that love for the brand with a lot of the players, you've gone into even your own like streetwear and that as well, which I know a lot of the boys are into, yeah. which doesn't have that same scientific backing of it, but yeah. that must be pleasing to know that guys just love, love your brand and just want to wear it out there. Yeah. Well, we had such good feedback from after we did the compression garments. So when we used to ask the players, oh, you know, what they liked about the compression garments, the players loved them because they looked tough. Because back then when we launched them, they were black with a bold white stitching and the logo and everything, they loved it. So it sort of come from there and we sort of did some t-shirts and all the players loved it. We did the hoodies, um, beanies, all sorts of things. So yeah, we sort of launch a, a couple of ranges each year and players seem to love the brand. So yeah, it's great. Even into face masks now. Even in the face masks now. <laughs> yeah. That's so right. we got onto that early, you know, as soon as the whole COVID thing hit, uh, we had some spare material laying around. So we designed some up as Greg does anything any opportunity he well, gets it one got left on my desk yep. and i walked in i thought it was a g-string <laughs> yeah i was like who's leaving and, a g-string how did, how did you look walking around the office with that one <laughs> it wasn't too comfortable did you get the pink and, one or the black one oh, the black one <laughs> yeah. yeah it wasn't a pink g-string yeah but and then, then you, when i walked around the office yeah. in it and people told me it was yeah. a face mask i had to take it off <laughs> with that and fenua blake wearing it on yep. his face it's yep. it's easy to find out so when we talk about supplements when we talk about performance enhancement yep. suddenly we're i guess going into that taboo area uh, that's pretty prevalent at, at the moment following what's happened down uh, with uh, Bronson Seri. Yep. Tell me about the stringent processes that you had to go through and still have to go through to make sure everything is you know, on the level. Okay, so we always did our due diligence on all of the products from day one. So when the whole Essendon supplement scandal, the so-called supplement scandal went down, uh, we had all, all of our protocols that we had in place and everything else. So we're all squeaky clean from, from that aspect. So we always got our products tested. All we did since that day was we, we actually met with the heads at the NRL and we flew down and met with all the heads at the AFL as well. So what we tried to get across was because we were the leaders in sport and in sports supplements we had talks and all we're basically saying is even if it's not our brand whichever brand the players are allowed to take or any team just make sure they're all tested because the worst thing you can do and we find is young kids will go in and if they're in the lower grades or they're trying to get through they'll go into a local supplement store order stuff online from overseas how do they know what's in it we launched Informed Sport uh, here in Australia. Uh, so when this went down, we got all of our products certified by Informed Sport, uh, which is out of the UK. And we did a big press conference with, I think it was Laurie Daly, uh, who was the Origin coach at the time, um, James Magnus. So we saw, wanted someone from the Olympics, uh, Sam Burgess, a couple of dietitians, a couple of doctors, that type of thing, uh, to launch it. And we, we launched that in a big way into Australia. So we're the first uh, sports supplement brand to get the tick of approval from Informed Sport in Australia. And recently we've um, started testing it. Has to 
of facilities in Melbourne as well. So it's a lot speedier process because it all doesn't have to be sent back to the UK. But yeah, all of the products uh, that we supply to the teams are all HASTA approved and all of our capsules and so on are all TGA listed. I think the problem was and, and other players got caught a few years ago where young kids will go online or they'll go into a local supplement store. Some of the American brands will have uh, under ingredient panel XYZ matrix doesn't really say what's in it. Mm. And for all they know, it could be on the banned substance list. They don't really know because it's not pointed out on the ingredient list. But a lot of kids or, or coming through, they're either at school or, you know, they've got a, a tradies job and, and it's a part-time gig for them. You know, they run down after a long day at work. They go and say, oh, I want a pre-work. I want energy, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, they end up doing tests. Not, and no fault of their own. Uh, like they didn't go in intentionally to take an illegal substance, but that's what happens with a lot of things you buy from overseas. I know from an administrator's point of view, I feel very safe. Mm. Um, knowing that we're with body science and I still get the, the regular emails when you launch new products yep. or there's new testing done. Yep. I have to admit, I don't understand them yep. when, they, when oh. they come through, but well, it makes me feel very safe when well, I see well, that. Well, the good part is, so you've got the RTDs here on, on your desk. So if you wanted to, you could actually get that barcode, get the um, batch number, and, and go onto a website and that'll have that on there and say, this is the date it was tested. Oh, great. So mm. if anything happens at a club where any players test positive or whatever, they can go back and say, well, these are the, the products that we supplied. Every batch number's there, every batch number's tested. So. And Nathan, RTD, you're talking about the ready to drink, yep. the muscle protein shakes. Yep. And people out there may or may not have seen, but you're in Woolworths, yep. uh, in the um, Coles. Coles, yep. yeah, and you're yep. in the area with yep. your protein balls. We've got the birthday cake flavor here. Yep. We've got the protein bar, uh, which is cookies, cookies and cream. And cream. Yep. It sounds all delicious. It's a massive growth category. So they call those actually those three products there RTC, which is ready to consume. So they're already ready. You don't have to mix anything. They've been the biggest growth category in our in our range over the last few years. So people duck in. They don't want to buy something, get cold water, do whatever. They can just go in, buy the RTD and drink it straight down. Been such advancements on the taste in the protein bars in recent years. We've just launched a collagen one. Which seriously, the new coconut collagen bar tastes like a bounty. It is unbelievably good. And yeah, that's the biggest growth category. So obviously they're sold in all supplement stores, pharmacies, but even like your petrol convenience, like your local petrol station, yeah. 7-Elevens, those type of places, Coles Express, people get them, a lot of traders will get them on the run. So Proudly Australian-owned on all the products yep. too. And, yep. and what I do notice that within the supplement and protein category, there's a lot of your competitors, they come and then they go. And yep. it says, well, less about them and more about you that you've managed to remain relevant and the market leader for such a long time. Yeah. Well, this year's our 21st year in business. Obviously been around, yeah, as you said, uh, seen a lot of businesses come and go. I think it's because of the quality behind the products. We don't skimp on any ingredients. All of the ingredients we use in the products are the, are the best quality products. And as I said, everything we do, so if, if we have to register a, a capsule with a TGA, there might be like 21 hoops to jump through just to get that product approved. Now, you can go and start your own business, not register with TGA, and you might only have to jump through three hoops. Quality of the product might be rubbish, uh, might not be legal. People get caught, people get fined. Uh, you know, there's big fines for cutting corners these days which a few companies have been hit with and yeah. don't really bounce back from. 21st birthday, any celebrations? Yep. Maybe another booze cruise? Uh, birthday no, cake balls. Yeah. Birthday, birthday cake, cake balls, balls uh, and another grand final win would be nice on our 21st We'd uh, love year. to deliver that. Yeah, yeah, yeah we, we'll, we'll, we'll be that part yep. of the bargain. Yep. Well, you got it pretty I'll well hold you to that. How many teams at the moment? Uh, I think we've got about Probably eight, too many eight in the count. NRL, eight or nine, something okay. like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're a fair chance of getting one of yeah, those celebrating. Exactly. <laughs> What's the future for body science? You keep adapting and you keep rolling 
and staying ahead of the game. Yep. What do we see over the next five, 10 years? Yeah. I think bringing that whole sports nutrition side to mainstream is, is what we're doing at the moment. So where I say that you mentioned that these are sold in grocery stores now and your local service stations and 7-Elevens and so on, is bringing good quality nutrition to people because back in the day, sort of 20, 21 years ago, people would, or tradies would drop into a servo and get a pie and a, and a Coke or something like that. But a lot of them now realize how important it is to have a certain amount of protein each day, particularly if they are into sport. So they're having sort of a protein bar and a, a protein drink rather than a pie and a Coke now, which is good. So taking that sort of mainstream and a lot of advancements, as I say, with brain function products like Nootropics, so, and we've got a product called Clinical out at the moment. It's got a lot of ingredient called Blueness in it, um, which pretty much keeps your concentration levels up. So we get a lot of corporates now using products like that at work, which uh, is really exciting. So I'd say that's the next phase of the business for sure. I know the coffee product, we sent that yeah. out to a few other corporate partners yep. and mm. they replaced, even if it's just replacing one coffee a day with it, then you start yeah. to get that into your, into your system yeah. and into, into your routine. Yeah. Is that what you find a lot of people? It's about just getting them to take that step of replace something yeah. and then stick with it. We get a lot of positive feedback on, on that from people that have heard about it, haven't tried it. Then once they try it, say, wow, you know, we've, we've been missing out on this. And even yesterday I had friends, you know, their own restaurants saying, I've been busy lately, you know, haven't had time. So those little coffees come in a sachet and you literally, you can have a cold, you can pour it into cold water and have an iced coffee or just pour it in with hot water and they said we haven't had time to run to the cafe we just got coffee and yeah it's been amazing so there you go well we we've told you all out there where you can pick up these items uh on bodyscience.com.au right. and that goes from world-class athletes all the way down to us bludgers who you know don't mind a hit a tennis or golf on a weekend that's it mate uh it's a pleasure having you in uh, the players love you. For those out there, follow Nathan on Instagram. It's a great page. It's very fun. And you'll see some familiar faces. You will. You'll see a big beard. Not as yep. big in, anymore. No, no. Shaves it off a couple of weeks ago and it'll be back. Well, look, on behalf of the Manly Seagulls, we do owe you a great debt of gratitude. Thank you. No, it's been a really fun experience. Really value our relationship with Manly and over, over the years. And it's a really good club to deal with, really friendly. And working together to get results is, is what has been the exciting part of that. And a shout out to Greg and the rest of the team at Body Science too. Always a pleasure to yep. deal with you guys. And we love the partnership. So keep it going, eh? Awesome. Happy with that. Nathan yep. Picklum, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thanks, guys. This has been the Seagulls Business Podcast, presented by and recorded in the studios of Manly Media Partner, ASCII Live Media. You can follow the Seagulls on LinkedIn. For more episodes and other official Seagulls podcast channel shows, head to seagulls.com.au forward slash podcast. This has been an ASCII live media production for the Manly Warringah Seagulls official podcast channel.